And so as we turn our attention here again to the first chapter of the second letter uh, that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, we'll pick up in verse 5, and it says there, a beginning which is manifest evidence, which is pointing back to what he's just said, which is the tribulations that you endure. There is a point to the suffering that we endure while we're here on this earth for the Lord. Because truly and indeed, if you've been with us on Thursday nights, Romans 8.28 is a promise. Amen? All things, including the storms in your life, the difficulties that you go through because you're a child of God, all things work together for the good to those who are the called according to his purposes. All things. And so this morning, the rest or the retribution, the choice is yours. And it's a very clear choice that's laid out here in these next six verses. Would you join me and let's pray for our time in the Word. Father, we again are so grateful for the gift of praise and worship. Thank you for bringing Anthony to us. And we ask that you would bless him, Lord, for the gift that he's given us. And we pray that your Word now would touch our hearts and our minds. And we pray for those that maybe this morning have come to this place and they do not know you. Lord, as the gospel is preached, as that choice is made clear, God would all choose life, would all choose you, would every knee bow. And so God, take your word and instruct us through it. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Verse 5 here in chapter 1 of the second letter to the church at Thessalonica, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God. In other words, the tribulations that we have endured, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. In other words, there will be, as Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. As a believer, you will go through storms. Your life will be touched by painful things. You'll go through things that you don't think are fair. You'll go through things that are seemingly unjust. You will, in fact, have persecution. But Jesus made it clear, don't worry, I've overcome the world. For which you also suffer, he goes on to say, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you. Now I'm sure in this room, as we've gathered together today, there are probably many of you who are fans of praying David's prayers. Oh, Lord, break their teeth out of their mouth. (laughs) Grind their bones into dust, oh God. We sometimes are always like, God, are you not listening? Do you not see what's happening in my life? Don't you know this is unfair and this is unjust? These things are happening to me because I love you. Brothers and sisters, God hasn't missed a single thing. And he will repay one day. But that time is not now. The age of grace extending to mankind for yet another day as we sit here today. But make no mistake, God is perfectly just. He cannot be unjust. 
He is perfectly fair. He cannot be unfair. And he will repay. For indeed, as Scripture says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And one day he's going to take care of those injustices. He's going to set right every table. And so he goes on to remind us and to give you who are troubled rest with us. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, family of God, Jesus is coming again. Amen? Here's the plan. Very clear in scripture, by the way. The first time Jesus came, he came to hang on the mercy tree. He came as the sinless Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. He came specifically to give his life a ransom for many. He came to die that we might live. He came the first time as the Lamb of God. But the next time he comes, he's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And he will recompense those who have done wrong to all who have named his name and, in fact, to the Lord himself. So he is both the lamb and he is the lion. Here's the good news. Thus far, the lion has not yet returned to do that very thing. So while there is yet still time, the lamb is available to all who call upon the name of the Lord. For in fact, there is no other name under heaven whereby men may be or must be saved. It is in fact, as Paul would write to the church at Philippi, at his name, the name Jesus, that every knee will bow. The only question is when will you bow the knee? So do you want the rest of grace or do you want what's coming which Jesus is going to come again as the lion. Do you want the lamb or do you want the lion? The choice is yours. And he tells us what he's going to accomplish next. He's coming in flaming fire to take vengeance upon those who do not know God. The world hates the exclusivity of the gospel. But I have to tell you that the message of the gospel is the most divisive message ever delivered in this world because it demands that there are exactly two sides. There are saints, believers, people who are saved, and there are ain'ts, unbelievers, and people who are damned. There is no in-between ground. You are one or the other. So if you're in-between, you are an ain't. You're not saved. If you have not made a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ, if you've not invited him to cleanse you of your sin, to free you from the bondage of that, then you are not saved. The Bible declares that plainly. There is no other way. That's not what Pastor Jeff says. That's what Jesus himself said. He said, I am the way and the truth in John 14, 6, and the life. And then he made it so exclusive we couldn't miss it. And the only way. 
Because he said, and no one comes to the Father but by me. That's as exclusive as it gets. Me as a human being, I wish it didn't say that. Sometimes as a pastor, I'd like to say, well, you know, you could spend two and a half million years in purgatory, you'll make it. But that's not what the Bible says. And I have to tell you what Scripture says. Not what I'd like it to say, but what it plainly says. Because the only way we even know the gospel of grace is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We would not know God's plan of salvation were it not for his word. And the same word that declares, for by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourself, it's the gift of God, declares there is a real hell and you can go there if you choose to do so. So make sure you get this message. Now a vast majority of us in here, I believe, already know the Lord Jesus. So for us, this should be stirring us to action. But maybe you're here today and you came and you do not know the Lord Jesus. Let me make it clear to you. I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm telling you that one day a lion of the tribe of Judah is going to return. And when he does... He's coming to do exactly what this verse says. To take vengeance upon those who do not know him. It's a sobering message. But it's a message we have to hear because time is short. I I can't tell you when the Lord's going to rapture his church home. I can't tell you when the tribulation, the great tribulation is going to start. But I can tell you this. You need to make a choice before the Lord comes again. And on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what he says next. Not pleasant. Tough. You know, sometimes people, well, it's like that's hellfire and brimstone. Well, I'm sorry, but the Bible preaches occasionally hellfire and brimstone. And this is one of those passages that it does so in And in context, it's very clear what's being said. Make no mistake about it. And in fact, Jesus said, you're either a sheep or a goat. And one day he's going to separate out between the two groups. He said, you're either for me or you're against me. And so please don't hold the messenger responsible for the message, other than the way I might present it. But the truth is, Every knee will bow. The only question is, when will you do that? Will it be before you exit this planet and step into eternity? Or will it be after? Because when he judges your sin, you will bow. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction that means exactly what it says in English destruction that lasts forever you will be in the perpetual state of being destroyed and yet never make it all the way there I don't think anybody in here wants to have that happen to them now you may not believe that God could ever allow that to happen 
But his scriptures clearly say, not only can it, but it's actually a function of his justice. And because he is perfectly just, and because he has said he will one day punish sin, it is not a wise idea to think that he won't. He will. The good news is, in the hearing of this message, you don't need to risk it. You can stop right now and ponder in your own heart whether Jesus Christ is who he says he is, God's only begotten son who came to this earth and lived a sinless life. He lived for 32 years. He was falsely tried six times. He was then sentenced to death. He was then put to death. But before he was put to death, he was beaten mercilessly. A crown of thorns pressed upon his head. He was then nailed to a cross, and then he gave up the ghost, and he said to Telestai, it is finished. And three days later, the most miraculous thing that's ever happened in the course of history itself, he was raised by the power of God from the dead. And he lives forevermore. Amen? I'm just telling you what the message is. That's the message of the cross. Now, you can choose to believe that it's not true. But the Bible declares that message cover to cover. Genesis to Revelation is the story of redemption. And how God brought us to this place to where we can receive his grace. And he says that everlasting destruction will be in two very specific ways. From the presence of the Lord... In other words, removed completely from everything that is God. Goodness, mercy, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control, love itself. Never another sunset, never another sunrise. Scripture says everlasting darkness, flaming fire. And, if that weren't bad enough, the glory of his power. Everything in this world that is good, everything that makes our world worth living in, gone. You see, he's really laying out the choice. Do you want the rest of grace? Do you want to rest in grace? Do you want to look forward to that day when you take your last breath to be forever in the presence of the Lord? Or do you want to choose to never, ever see God's face again? And face his retribution. His just reward for our sinfulness. And then he tells us when that's happening. And this is actually the good news and the bad news. Because the good news is, in that day has not yet happened. It's speaking of a very specific time. When the Lord comes as the lion of the tribe of Judah. At the second coming. The church will have been taken home. Marriage supper of the lambs taken place. The church now comes back from heaven with the Lord. And God comes back himself, Jesus comes back himself, because no one was worthy to loose the scrolls to fight the battle of Armageddon. 
to end the reign of wickedness, to establish his eternal kingdom for a thousand years here on this earth, and then to turn it over to the new heaven and the new earth. That day hasn't come yet. That's the beauty of the warning. Because the warning now has a way to escape the evidential end. The evidential end is this. If you do not make the choice, then you've made the choice. Because you have to choose this day whom you will serve. Joshua knew that a thousand years before Christ. And he actually said of his own family there in Joshua 24, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That choice still remains. The only question is, will you make it? For when he comes in that day to be glorified with his saints and to be admired among those who believe. There it is. Are you going to be among those who believe? Because your testimony, uh, the testimony of him was among you then, and it was believed. In other words, there's the two groups. Believers, unbelievers. Those who know the Lord, those who don't. Those who will have rest, those who will have retribution. There's several things that we can draw in the short remaining time. You see, though suffering is inevitable in our life, God knows exactly how much of it we can handle. He never gives us more than we can bear. It may seem like it at times, amen? I think there are, most people have suffered through things that I just can't bear anymore. But God has not allowed us to suffer as much as we can suffer. That's the glory of it. He's actually restrained suffering in this world. As bad as things are, he said, because of my spirit's work in this world, things are not as bad as they can get. But one day, he's going to remove his spirit's work from this world. And things will get as bad as they can get. And then he will return and fix that problem. In the meantime, he says, look, these things will work together for you who love the Lord They'll work together ultimately for your good. They'll be synergized into something that will cause an eternal good to work out in your life. You may not even see it, but it will happen. And so in that sense, our suffering has a lasting value. It's very clear in our lives. Adversity makes us all the more grateful for the prosperity that we have. Amen? Let's go into college. I live in the back of a 1971 lime green pinto. You know, when you cook on a camp stove for the better part of a year, and when you're a little over six foot tall and the car's only five foot tall, you, you, you begin to appreciate a bed. I should have my own TV show on the 101,000 things you can do with ramen. You begin to appreciate just things being better. Now imagine on an infinite scale when the Lord takes us home, we have no way to even describe the good things that await those who love him. That's why James, I believe, said, look, this life is but a vapor. And it'll be gone, and all that you went through here, compared to the glory there, you aren't even going to remember what happened. Amen? 
so your suffering kind of prepares you for the beauty of what lies ahead. But look, let's be clear. There are two very different ends in view here. For me, for those who love the Lord, the best is yet to come. Amen? Heaven waits. The glorious things that God has for us still lie ahead for us. In other words, no matter what you've had here, no matter how good it is, and there's a lot of wonderful things here on this earth. Not to think that the whole world is, you know, is not worth enjoying while we're here. Of course, there are wonderful things that we experience even while we're here. But this is not close to as good as it gets. In essence, for we who love the Lord, this is as bad as it gets. So if you happen to be enjoying a wonderful time in your life, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But that's not what you're waiting for. It gets better from there. And the converse is also true. If you're going through a time of hell here on earth, that time will end. And you will experience the full joy of the Lord in His presence. Now, I don't know how to describe that to you, but I know it's a whole bunch better than Disneyland (laughs) and vacations and all the greatest things that you could possibly put on your list of the 10 greatest things you've ever experienced in your life. They're not even going to be on the list eternally. But now the other side. For those who do not know the Lord, this is as good as it gets. In the same way, it gets infinitely worse when you step out of time and into eternity for someone who does not know Jesus. Because you're waiting for that judgment. You're waiting for God to place that retribution upon you for not having made the choice to receive Jesus Christ's gift of grace. So, Here's the problem. You can either have it now or you can have it later. You can have what you can get now, squeeze out of this earth, as good as it may be or as not good as it may be, and you can be satisfied with that, or you can say, I'll take heaven later, thank you very much. It's kind of like the old Price is Right show. I'm going to take what's behind door number three. I don't know what's back there, but I want that. I don't want what I can see. As good as this may be, I'll take what I can't see over what I can see. Give me heaven, please, Lord. Give me your glory. But one day, God is going to repay those who've not made that choice, and worse yet, who have persecuted those who have. You you see, God sees all that. God sees those Coptic Christians that were blown up in their church this week. God sees those innocent children that are murdered by the thousands pretty much every week around the world simply because their parents are Christians. God knows every evil that's ever occurred, and he will repay And it will be stripe for stripe, blow for blow, unless you've received the grace of God.
The word punished here is very clear. It, it means to pay the full penalty. The wages of sin is death. And Revelation 21 says there's a second death. It's a whole bunch worse than the first one. Because it's eternal. You see, you cannot... People often say, well, how bad can hell be? I mean, really, what's God going to do? Oh, it can be infinitely worse than you can possibly imagine. Because if you shorten hell, you have to shorten eternity and heaven too. They must be of equal length and equal severity. One for good, the other for the very worst things that you can imagine. So when people say, well, I want to go to hell because that's where all my friends are, they haven't got a clue. Because let me give you a little note here. You won't see your friends. You'll be separated from anything that could possibly give you an ounce of joy, including your friends. You'll be separated from God and his love. You'll never see the light of day. You'll be in constant agony. Jesus actually went so far as to say, and there is weeping, and there is wailing, and there is gnashing of teeth. I don't know how many of you have ever cried so hard that you have gnashed your teeth together and wept sobbingly so that you're completely convulsive, uncontrolled. Imagine that for eternity. And I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm trying to tell you the truth because it is only the truth that sets people free. Amen? No matter how kind my lie might be, it will not set you free. But the truth will. And the truth is, Jesus is coming again. And here's the wonder of all this as we wrap up. This is yet future. God has forestalled his judgment. And he has given everyone an opportunity to this day to repent and to receive the grace of God in Christ Jesus as both Savior and Lord. And let me be clear. D.L. Moody had it right, I believe. The Jesus who is only Savior doesn't exist. Jesus demands that he is Savior and Lord. Savior means he saved you from your sin. Lord means he governs your life. So, so the fluffy, yeah, I said Jesus' name 27 years ago and nothing happened. I, I think you need to really evaluate whether you actually received Christ as your Savior at all. And again, I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm trying to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that there is a transformed life that goes with him being your Savior. That's where the lordship comes in. So today, I want to end on an up note because the mercy tree is still available. The grace gift is still available. The grace of God is still available to anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord. And I'm going to invite Anthony to come back out. He's going to close us in song, and I'm going to ask you to stand. But as you stand... If you're here in Christ Jesus, you're standing in Christ. 
But if you're here and you do not know him, you're standing and saying, I don't care. So the choice is available for you today. Would you please stand? And again, I I don't want to pressure anyone. And yes, a message like this is hard to hear. But those stripes on my Savior's back were hard to take. And that crown of thorns hurt. And Jesus bled and died for you. So if you don't want to say yes to him today, that's between you and him. But I want you to know the choice that you're making. And so I believe I've faithfully conveyed that truth. Family of God who know the Lord, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now. I begin to pray for those who are in this room that maybe do not know the Lord. If you're here today and you have never confessed Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've not invited him to take lordship of your life, and you want to make that decision today, I'm going to ask you to just simply raise your hand right where you're standing right now, and I want to pray with you before we leave. Simple prayer. You don't need to go anywhere, anyone at all, anywhere in the sanctuary. Just slip your hand up so I can see it. Anyone. Anyone that wants, I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Just keep your hands up for a moment. I see that hand. Praise God. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. I see that hand as well. And that hand. See that hand there as well. Please just keep them up for a moment. Don't want to embarrass anyone. You're making the most important decision in your life right now. Anyone else at all? Those that have raised your hands. I see that hand too. Praise God. Praise God. The angels are rejoicing. Jesus is smiling. Those that have raised your hands, if you just put your hands down, would you pray with me? Please pray out loud. You have to mean this from your heart. It's got to come from you, not me. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to cleanse me, to forgive my sin. I'm inviting you to change my life, to come into my life and be my Savior as well as my Lord. I'm turning over control of my life to you right now. I'm asking you to impart the Holy Spirit into my life. Free me from the bondage of sin. Pray that you would write my name in your Lamb's book of life in heaven. Lord, help me to walk with you all of the days of my life. To never wander to the right or to the left. I thank you for saving me right now. That I now am a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm bowing my knee willingly. And I believe that you have saved me. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Welcome to the family of God. Now, for those that raised your hands, we have a prayer team in our prayer room. We would love to do several things for you. If you need a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. If you have some prayer needs, we want to pray with you. 
If you have questions, we want to answer those questions. We want to get you plugged in to our Get Launched uh, New Believers class. We'd, we'd really love to see you there so that you can grow in faith. You just made the most important decision you'll ever make. And you just switched teams. Amen? Anthony's going to close us in song. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have given their life to you. And we celebrate their spiritual birthday together with the angels in heaven. We are grateful we got to be a part, Lord, this great party that one day will continue at the marriage supper of the Lamb. God, would you bless those uh, with your spirit's presence in their life. Lord, bless us as your church for the furtherance of your gospel and your kingdom. We love you, Lord. We ask all this in the majestic name of Jesus. Amen.